So we're going to open at the passage that, that Donna read for us from Matthew chapter 21. And we come then to the triumphant entry, and I just want to make three very simple, straightforward observations as we come to this passage. We have Jesus on the Mount of Olives, on the other side from Jerusalem, close to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he sends two of his disciples to go and find a couple uh, of donkeys. Matthew is the only one that tells us there's two. I think he tells us there's two because he's emphasizing how young this little one is. In fact, I should say as well, there's coloring materials and all sorts out the back for children. Uh, if you don't have that and would like to grab some, please feel free at any point. So these disciples are sent by Jesus. Jesus says, go into the village in front of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord needs them and he will send them at once. Do you know, I think about preparation and I think how different our preparations for even leaving the house are compared to two and a half years ago when we had no children. It was wonderful because you could jump in the shower, chuck some clothes on, run out the door. It's not quite like that anymore. There's a fair amount more preparation to get the four of us out the door. And it always happens, doesn't it? The times that babies decide to have accidents are the times you forgot to restock the changing bag. Uh, you might have been there and all those fun things that come with it. And we start with this, with this preparation from the Lord Jesus. How does Jesus know these donkeys are here? Who knows? You can read into it and say this is the supernatural ability of the Lord Jesus. Of course it could be. He's Jesus. He can do what he wants. Could have been, he might have known they were there. It's not of any massive importance to us. But we see these specific instructions that you will find these donkeys there. If someone asks why, you basically say, everything's fine. Don't worry, we're allowed to do this. We've been sent to do this. But I can't imagine what the disciples would have thought. I can't imagine their thinking of, you want us to do what? Why on earth would we go and tell somebody that we need donkeys? But whatever is happening here, it's pretty special. Jesus is preparing. He is preparing for his entry. And there are two donkeys that he would require for it. A foal is a young donkey. And there is something miraculous in and of itself that Jesus could ride this thing. Because you see donkeys, they buck and they move all the time. How Jesus managed to, to, to sit on this thing for these journeys in itself is quite incredible. But here he comes, not riding a horse. We, we saw those pictures. Pictures tell, uh, can, can tell us a thousand words. And the picture of the donkey and the palm leaf tell us a thousand words. But it is a donkey, it is not a horse. A horse is a symbol of war. You could ride a horse into battle, you could ride a horse, and you would say, this is somebody really important. And Jesus comes then riding this donkey. Jesus rode, why a donkey and not a horse? Because here comes the king, but he is the prince of peace. He is the suffering servant king. He is not this conquering king messiah. So these preparations are made for him to enter Jerusalem. So we have the preparations. The second thing we have is we have the prophecy. Verses 4 and 5 that we find in Zechariah 9.9. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a beast, 
uh, the fall uh, of a beast of burden. They weren't just propelled, but they were also propelled for what was prophesied. Matthew points us then to Zechariah. We love prophecy at Christmas, don't we? Rightly so, because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of prophecy of, of the Old Testament that, that talks of the birth of the Lord Jesus. There is much that talks of the death, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And here we come still in this, um, in this way to this prophecy of his triumphant entry. You see, in this moment, in what would come, these people will ask, who is this man? Some will proclaim this man to be prophet, which he was. But what they're doing, what, what, what's happening here by this pointing to this prophecy is they're saying, this is so much greater than any prophet. This is not just a prophet of scripture of old, but this is a man that is far greater than that one. He's so much more than just a good teacher. He's so much more than a healer and a miracle worker. He's so much more than a righteous man. This is the king. This is the Messiah. This is the Lord. This is the Savior. That's what this Zechariah tells us. Daughter Zion referring to Jerusalem and Mount Zion. This is the coming king with laser point accuracy as Old Testament prophecy does. So we have then this prophesied picture of this, this humble, gentle savior riding on a donkey. We must be careful not to become too, too, too engrossed in the gentleness and peacefulness of Jesus because you find in the next chapter that he goes to the temple and he causes a bit of a ruckus because he's unhappy. We've still got that in our minds. This isn't ah, cute little Jesus on the donkey. I think we have to be careful of that on Palm Sunday because I think that's often the picture we leave with. We leave with this cute little man coming on a donkey and everything's kind of fairy tales and roses. No, Jesus had a purpose. He had a point. And just days later, he would die the most horrendous of deaths. So following then the preparation, the prophecy, we have the procession. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put uh, on them their cloaks and sat on them. And he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that blessed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. This is the entry point. This is Jesus uh, heading now into Jerusalem. He wouldn't leave again until he would go to Gethsemane before his death across the valley. The disciples took his instructions. They did it. They fulfilled the prophecies. They took the donkeys. They laid down their cloaks, but still they didn't know who this man was. Who is this man? He's not the son of God. He is a prophet. You see, there's many people here. We have Jesus. We have his disciples. We have this crowd. And interestingly, I don't think, I don't think the crowd that are here are the same crowd that cry, crucify him, crucify him. Um, Alistair Begg this week spoke wonderfully on this and I thought it was really helpful. But of the two and a half million people that are in Jerusalem for the Passover, this likely isn't the same crowd. Um, 
And I think that takes away preacher's best point, doesn't it? That we always try and make on Palm Sunday that you have this, this crowd that one day shout praise him, praise him, and the next week shout crucify him, crucify him. But I think they come with very different purposes and I don't think it's the same crowd between the two. Um, it may be, but I don't think it is. And Jesus comes then into Passover, growing crowds, masses of people everywhere. There will have been many that will have traveled down from Galilee to Jerusalem. And these people would have known who Jesus was. Many of them may have heard from him before. Many followed him down. And they shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. What does Hosanna mean? It means to save. It means savior. It means rescuer. But it's also just a general word of praise to God. These people are praising God for Jesus. They call him the son of David. They recognize that the, the, the Messiah will come from the line of David. These people are saying, praise God for the Messiah who saves. But there's another group of people. They're probably not from Galilee that stirred up and said, who is this? They didn't really know. They didn't really understand the responses Jesus that's who this is this man is is Jesus Jesus is coming on a donkey prince of peace this is the one we've been waiting for but little did they know that this was the Lord Jesus that would come to lay down his life and rise from the dead so we see simply these three things we see simply the preparation the prophecy and the procession do you know that we see more processions to come, don't we? We see the procession in Luke chapter 23. And as they led him away, they took Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and laid on him a cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. Just days later, there would be another procession. A procession of the Lord Jesus to the cross. But that's not the last procession of the Lord Jesus because he will one day come again. The procession of our Lord Jesus praised and glorified and honored. What a different picture to the one that we will sit around this table and reflect upon on Friday. This moment prepared, prophesied for 2,000 years ago is still true for us today. We've seen the preparations made about Jesus. They took place, these preparations, before the very foundations of this world. The prophecies brought centuries before. All of it fitting into a plan of God to redeem us from our sins by his sacrifice and his resurrection. You see, too, the moment of his sacrifice was prophesied before I or you were ever born. Genesis 3, we read, I will put hostility between you and the women and between your offspring and her offspring and he will strike uh, your head and you will strike his heel. This moment, this enmity that will be put between man, between each other, between God and us. And yet here comes this man on a donkey that would reconcile us. Two thoughts. Who is the Messiah to you? This crowd asks this question. In John, that's what we've encountered, isn't it? Many, many people asking, who is this man? Pilate asking, what is the truth? 
Did this crowd really care for the answer? Who knows? But who is the Messiah to you? Is this a good teacher? Is this a stand-up guy? Is this a man that is helpful to our lives? Or is this man the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to atone for our sins and today reigns in heaven? The second thing is, will we proclaim this Prince of Peace? Because this Jesus continues today to transform the hearts of millions. Millions will turn to him through his spirit, through the grace that he would pour out upon us. And he has left us, hasn't he, with that challenge of taking the good news of this Lord Jesus to the ends of the earth. Who then can we proclaim Jesus as Prince of Peace to? Who is he to you? And who can we share this wonderful good news with? This is a good time to share the good news of Jesus. Easter is a good inroad for us. It is an opportunity and a time when people listen and they're interested. Who is he? And are we prepared to share that news? These preparations, these prophecies spoke to the time, the moment when he would die and rise again. And Jesus' death and resurrection would bring a procession of grace to the hearts of sinners. Jesus also came to forgive those who would gather and would cry, crucify him. Jesus came to forgive you and me. He came to save all who would cry out to him. And the Prince of Peace came to bring peace between man and God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that even in this story of your entry to Jerusalem, we see your sovereign hand. We see the ministry of the prophets at work. We see your preparation in a supernatural way. We see those come and gather, wonder who you are, come to praise and worship you. Lord, would we be filled with that sense of anticipation as we come and as we worship you? Would we be filled with that sense of anticipation that here comes, here is the Prince of Peace? And would we rejoice, Lord, that you are not dead, that the death that you would be put to could not hold you, that indeed, as we will celebrate on Resurrection Sunday, the stone that is rolled away is still rolled away and our Saviour lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the pictures that you paint for us in the Scriptures that show us who you are, how glorious you are, how beautiful you are, and how gracious and merciful you are. We give you thanks. Amen.